0: Hello and welcome to Penny Earful, the officially unofficial podcast for Showtime's Penny Dreadful. You can find all of our stuff on baldmove.com. I'm your host, Aaron.
1: And I'm Cecily. And tonight
0: we're talking about episode 306 entitled...
1: No Beast So Fierce.
0: No Beast So Fierce. Who's the beast? Why why so fierce?
1: I actually did not catch in the episode when they said this line. I don't think they did. They usually do.
0: Maybe okay. they well, I mean there's two options. Number one, uh Dracula, since he is the, the beast of the field or whatever to
1: There's a lot of beasts. The beast so of Revelation.
0: And there's also uh you know, Ethan, although he didn't really beast up.
1: Everyone's a beast.
0: Uh yeah. Um, Ethan, so,
1: Hecate, Justine, uh, Lily, Frankenstein, that's true. Jean-Claire, there's a lot of beasts. His son.
0: He's not a beast. <laughs> He's the whatever the opposite of the beast no, is. No,
1: tuberculosis is the real beast here. <laughs>
0: uh, yeah, it's its nickname, the beast. That's how they got TV. It's not a short form of tuberculosis. It's the beast. <laughs> the beast that stalks men's lungs. Uh, so, yeah, we've got this, uh, and it's Penny Dreadful. And what did you think of this episode?
1: Uh, I thought it was great. I was, you were texting me before I had watched the show as you were out of town, telling me that there was a hot sex scene coming up. Mm-hmm. I was a little bit let down. Well... Because when you tell me it's hot sex, I imagine three people banging on a, an, on a bed covered in blood. Or something like that. But this is fully clothed Drac- Dr. Acula and Vanessa sex. Yeah. Which was good. It I wasn't think, bad.
0: I think, honestly, um, Ava Green's cleavage clouded by judgment.
1: And there's a couple of interesting uh, themes to this episode. Okay. Um, obviously, girl power being the first. Right. You have a new uh, challenger approaching. Hmm. Miss... Uh, I'll get there when I find the name in my notes. Okay. (laughs) And um, submission or resisting submission being another one that I noticed. What are your thoughts on this episode?
0: I thought it was good. It's amazing how much adding a little bit of Ava or I'm sorry, a little bit of Vanessa to the proceedings improves the episode. and uh, But on the other hand, I felt like Hecate and Rusk were so summarily dispatched that I'm actually spinning some kind of tinfoil theory about maybe Rusk isn't actually dead. And I have nothing to hang that hat on except for the fact that he was kind of built up as this character and really went nowhere.
1: And Boom, you're dead. Boom! You're dead. You've gotten two, three seasons of uh, of building up to some sort of ultimate showdown, and that's all you get. I think he was
0: a season two edition, though. I don't think. I think it was the Pinkerton boys and the other detectives who were hunting him in season one. Okay, I could be wrong, but I I don't know. I just I just it it seemed pretty uh, abrupt. But then again, there is precedent. I mean, that's how they disposed of Prometheus. That's how they disposed of Van Helsing. No.
1: Prometheus was an epic end, sure. We spent some serious time building up this character. I was in love with Proteus by the time he was killed, right. And it wasn't just being shot and then you're done. Right. He was torn in half sure. by the next story arc, right. So I don't think
0: it, it seems like they had to kill Vel- Van Helsing because if they'd kept the vampire expert around, the, the cat would have been like he would have been too useful this season, right? If he was, if he was, <laughs> right. if he was part of the posse from the jump, you know, he would have sniffed out Dracula right away.
1: Does Malcolm have any literary comparison?
0: Uh, I don't know. Is he supposed to be like an Alan Tremaine mashup?
1: I don't know. But Isn't I'm wondering that, if we made. In, like, and
0: I'm, I'm not even sure if I got that name right, but the, he's the in the league of extraordinary gentlemen. He's played by Sean Connery in the movie. Yeah, maybe it's Alan Quatermain. I don't know. Um, but he's like just a stock English adventurer type character. Okay. Like a male Laura Croft.
1: I mean, would it be too op if we had Van Helsing Malcolm being kind of the Van Helsing sure. character all along? Yeah. Yeah. Then it would have been too easy to find Mina and dispatch her. So let's just get right into it. All right, let's do it. Um, The first thing I just want to get out of the way is John Clare going back to see his son. Yeah. I presume the mother wife is off at work at the factory somewhere. The mother wife. And he is there alone. He goes to him and gives him water. He speaks of him being an angel until he wakes up and sees his wrecked face. Right. Wrecked with a T.
0: Right. Um, I don't know. Like, I was high on Rory Kinnear a couple episodes ago when he had that epic, um, you know, bottle episode of Vanessa. But as soon as he's back in the monster get up, I'm off him again. Um, I did like when he was with this. I mean, there's something about his performance where it's like. Very limiting, like something about the just everyman version of that character and the way his voice was reserved and kind of still mousy, but without the kind of breathy, I don't know, over-dramatized, like quivery. He's like, oh, his voice is always quavering quality that drives me crazy. I did like when he had the scene with his son that the closer he got to his son and the light... That was like from that candle, the more human his, like, you know, that the the unnatural pallor and and the color palette they usually rinse this thing through to make him look like he's a corpse. Yeah. Started to fade. And I thought that he almost looked human when he got right up with the sun. Right. And I even wonder if they pumped the brakes a bit on the black lipstick that they put him in that Mm -hmm. really makes him look like something right out of the crow. Um, But I like that they suggest that the closer he got to the sun, like, the more he felt of his humanity. But then his son. Comes to, takes a look at him, and I, the first time I watched it, I'm like, man, this kid laying it on a bit thick, but then I thought if I was an 11, 12-year-old boy, and I'm alone, and my mother leaves me alone all the time, and I'm on death's door, and I open my eyes, and my dead father, horrible scarred face and his greasy black hair looking like a zombie is hovering over my bed, I bet that would be terrifying. On
1: top of the fact that he's probably already having fever dreams. Sure. So he's probably dreamt and was currently maybe dreaming of his father as an angel before he saw that. So yeah, that's uh that's not something you deal with easily.
0: Yeah, it's a rare occasion where the second time I watched it, it it everything sold better or read better. Oh really? Yeah, no, cuz like I, I was really kind of like, oh man, they're just doing this so that this fucking guy will be even more tortured um i don't know you think he can save his son
1: no i think his son's gonna be dead the next time he comes back and he's gonna blame himself and think that his the sight of him killed him
0: no he'll blame frankenstein (laughs) right uh i yeah yeah i i i I don't know um i hope not because i kind of really want somehow this guy to get redemption and and join team vanessa Mm because i just don't like him as a villain no, I hate it. and I think he's completely felt, irredeemable. It's always felt forced and whiny when he's put in that role, where I know now that this guy can do solid, really awesome, empathetic work. So, But I know I might be in the minority amongst a fan base on that.
1: You are, at least in this room. <laughs> <laughs> You're the minority in this room you don't of like, two people. You
0: don't fucking like John Clare. You... That's what I just said. Okay, but I'm saying the minority as far as... I know that it seems like a lot of the fan base enjoys his performance and enjoys the pathos of his... Uh, at least on Reddit. I, I feel like on the bald move forums, everyone's kind of like... A lot of the people are on our side as far as not enjoying that character so much. But
1: Good. Good. Um, So let's move on to Ethan's storyline. Rusk and the constable show up. And they have come to arrest Ethan, presumably also his father. Uh,
0: and the name of the Queen. That's President the best of the United British States. accent I've ever heard. Yeah, and that's exactly, he's just straight up coxney in this. Uh-huh. Straight uh, up coxney. Coxney. <laughs> uh, it's late. I've had a long week. Uh, I've, ha- I've had a no problem with a lot of whiskey. So coxney.
1: They go to dinner. And Malcolm is still trying to talk some sense. He's trying to be the voice of reason in all situations, trying to talk some sense into Jared and saying, listen, you can't talk to him this way because you're going to regret it when he's dead or. Well, I guess that's the only time you can face regret is when someone else is dead. Sure. And he talks Ethan into or he tries to force Ethan into doing the Lord's Prayer. So he does a twisted up devily version
0: I just assumed this was like a satanic version of the Lord's Prayer. Yeah. So I just kind of, re- you know, researched and basic see like, uh, but no, I guess this is an invention of the show because I could not find reference to this particular set of, you know, Lord's Prayer remix uh, anywhere.
1: Like in the Banshee or like in Banshee recently, we saw that they did the Lord's Prayer. They just said it exactly how it was, only backwards.
0: Yes. Where they also did a remix. Now, that is the official kind of Satanist prayer. Oh, really? If you Google, like, you know, Satanist Lord Prayer or Devil Worshippers Lord Prayer, it is essentially... It's it's the Lord's Prayer spoken backwards, which gives it a creepy kind of, you know, Pink Floyd reversed and played at half speed kind of effect Mm -hmm. to it. But uh, I don't know. I thought it was interesting. And I also liked how they kind of put... Jerry, you know his dad up against it, where he was, you know, enough, stop it, and and Ethan just kind of drew strength from it. What did you mean by for a few? Hours? What do you think that that they meant by rather not you? Uh, by the a few hours more when he says, you know, thine is the glory and because they power plan on taking their
1: revenge that night.
0: Well, I wondered if that was like. So, so, I mean, that's the thing. I was operating this theory that this is an official prayer, and like maybe that's uh, what you say, like only for a few hours more to the to like. The God, like, mm-hmm. what do we say to the God of Christianity? No, nope, I think a few she's just talking more. some cold smack throughout the okay. evening,
1: all right, until she's super dead. Okay, the constable is staring daggers at Jared the whole time, and he says, Before this night is through, we're oh, gonna work the this thing- out, and he kills him.
0: Do you right in the neck? Was even speaking about God in this instance, or was because he says, Our father. And he was looking right at Jared. Do you think he was actually speaking more to his father then?
1: I don't think so. I think he was just speaking of the devil well, to his father. I don't father. know. Because
0: the thing is, is he didn't because actually... I don't
1: think he ever fully committed.
0: Well, that's what my thought. He never really fell completely to the dark side. And he certainly didn't do the whole... You know, I give myself to the v, Lucifer as he killed right. his father because he didn't even kill his father. I am
1: your animal, that never happened. It
0: do- it does seem like he made a face turn at the very end and he's now off the spiritual hook. He's no longer hellbound. Right. Well, I don't know if he's hellbound or not, but
1: I don't know. Kate and A had a vision, so it's not too late. Yeah. We've got plenty of episodes left. Uh Rusk inquires about how they conjured the snakes and That just uh, kind of opens up the floodgates for us to get into the supernatural. So Jared asks what they mean and Ethan shows them. Mm -hmm. So Hecate reveals her true form. I assume it's her true form. Like Mystique.
0: Well, I was waiting at for the... her when she died to turn back into the lovely version of Hecate. And nope. So I think that that is what she really looks like. And she has to glamour herself or use some kind of witchcraft to assume a more pleasing form.
1: Right. And the hint was dropped earlier at dinner that it's really brazen to give all of your guests knives. And they all employ them at this time. Mm-hmm. they all take cue from uh, the witch turning into her witch self to kill their captors. Yep. Kate's a is alive. Are you surprised?
0: No, I figured he would be alive. There's, there's I didn't say more this story.
1: last episode, but they annoyingly showed him in the preview.
0: It's so terrible. I knew it was coming. It's, I mean, I mean, like I said, it's kind of a half-ass cliffhanger. But if you're going to do it, don't fucking spoil it in the preview that begins immediately after the credit sequence. Let also, me ask you something: How
1: and why?
0: I think but he's. How. I think he's too mean to die. Uh, as Sir Malcolm surmised. He just
1: needed to take a nap to sl- like a honey badger to sleep off that snake venom?
0: I I don't know. <laughs> uh, yeah, pretty much. Pretty much. He, K- he takes an a badger don't K- care. He, he takes what he wants. Kate
1: in a... I don't know what he was doing with the horses. Maybe he's getting them all lined up so they can make a quick escape, whatever. I think he's addicted
0: to wrestling horses. He can't he can't uh, help himself. He's got he has to steal a horse. he sees a horse, gotta steal a horse. It's the three he's like gone in sixty seconds, the horse version. It's a thrill.
1: Jared makes a getaway here and Ethan, the expert marksman, is unable to hit his target less than five feet away. Mm hmm with multiple shots. Hecate gets shot and killed. Uh, Rusk dies and, uh, they go to a shootout in the chapel. What did you think about the scene?
0: I guess it's pretty cool. Um, I don't, cause I don't know. I, it, it, honestly, a lot of the storyline feels a little bit rushed. And I, I noticed that both in the forums and on Reddit people, uh, the, this show creator and the head writer, his name is John Logan. Yeah, so I guess there's been a... He was not credited with the writing of the episode. It was just all Ethan all the time, and he had dual credit with the uh, uh, the same guy from the previous episode. People are wondering whether this American storyline he farmed out to someone else, because it feels substantially less well-thought-out and connected than the other stuff does, because, again, I thought that Rusk and Hecate's deaths were kind of rushed. Um, I thought that Ethan went from tears in his eyes and he... He's like hearing all this information about what Kate and A did to his family, um, you know, and like very moved by it and and angry about it. To just kind of matter factly saying, "Oh yes, he assaulted this chapel before," kind of played. I I I don't know. Was that played for like gallows humor? Something about it rubbed me wrong. Like I, I, I didn't feel like. I don't these think, were...
1: I think so. I think he was saying that you owe me. Mm-hmm. I know what you've done.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: I think that we need to get this thing done.
0: Right. I hate my real father slightly more than I hate you. I, there's just something about the emotional undercurrent of the scene that's not right. And I'm not sure if it's poor writing or the fact that Josh Hartnett can't completely carry it. I don't know. But the only one that I feel like I'm that I, I actually bought Jared and Sir Malcolm and Keaton, but Hecate and uh, Ethan, I thought were a little muddled. Especially Hecate. I still don't understand exactly what she was hoping to accomplish in the right. story. I mean, I understand what she's she's trying to turn him and usher in a, a new world of night creatures. But what what do you think of the theory that this was kind of farmed out to a not a ghost writer, but a, a different writer, and it just not up to snuff for the rest of the show?
1: I don't know. Whatever gets us back to London the quickest. Okay. I don't really give a shit. We wrapped up the father storyline. We got rid of the witch. We're now on to bigger and better things.
0: What is the... I mean, I guess where...
1: She got him there and he doesn't have to take her home. So there you go. I'm perfectly okay with it. Ethan stops short of being able to kill his father. He gets down to it and realizes that he is not a man who has devoted himself to Satan. And doesn't have it in him to kill his family, the good family that's already killed, much less the terrible person that is his father. So Malcolm does it for him. What did you think about Malcolm stepping up and doing that?
0: So what is the motivation? The fact that he knows that, like, if Ethan does this, it's a... I mean, they're trying to portray this as, like, this is a moment of no return for Ethan. But Ethan has killed so many people who, I guess, didn't have it coming in this episode, this episode. And he's portrayed as also killing, like, innocent Indians and also killing his former soldiers who were just, you know, ostensibly following orders. And I know that's a really, really complicated thing to talk about. But I just, I guess, again... I, I'm not sure. Like, if this is the moment. Like, why would killing his father, in not even cold blood and hot blood, why would killing his father be the point of no return? Like, I get, I get it. If while you're doing it, you pledge service to Satan, and I understand why Malcolm did it because the the words, you know, his father was saying that he'll never stop hunting him. That that's probably true. But I guess I just don't know what it meant to Ethan and how it really changes the equation for Ethan. Like that's like represent. This was him turning through the light once and for all, and good.
1: Yeah, I mean, when it's just putting him to the test, and he can't kill his father, no matter how shitty his father has been to him, he just he just can't do it. And you know what? When it comes down to it, he probably wouldn't be able to kill Kate and A either. No matter how much hate you have in your heart for this person, taking their life is a very different thing to him.
0: Yeah. What do you think at the end of the day he feels for Hecate? Because there also wasn't very much kind of emotion there either.
1: Not genuine emotion. I think that there was a a, a sort of bond that they made just of circumstances.
0: Just a bond of banging? Because that's, I feel like...
1: Well, I mean, she got him out of a tough spot. And isn't, she guess, helped him get to a place. That would be a... She summoned some snakes. Failed to summon some water, but I guess he forgave her for that.
0: He summoned the snake. I feel like Jesus. that I feel like isn't that kind of like a Satanist thing, I guess. It's like very hedonistic and it's not, you know, and pardon me if there's any Satanists in the audience, but it's more more based on kind of like those carnal physical things and not so much about you know, higher minded concepts, I guess. So maybe there wasn't any real love there. It was just like a uh like a dark side attraction. Mm-hmm. Do you think that in the end analysis, Hecate is good, evil, complicated? What?
1: No, she's super evil. I think she's a bullshit artist.
0: Okay. So you never, you don't, because it seems like that was a pretty radical theory that not very many people shared.
1: Well, wouldn't be the first time or the last.
0: (laughs) Gotta leave (laughs) it all out on the field. Someone's called me a radical. All right. Well, I just, again, I don't know what I'm supposed to feel about her death. Okay. You don't know what
1: you're supposed to, what do you feel?
0: Nothing, really. I guess relief that now, uh, you know, that that Ethan can go back and save Vanessa and they can not bone another season and keep this will-they-won't-they they thing going.
1: <laughs> yes. Can't wait. Uh, so, anything else about Ethan that you want to talk about?
0: Hmm. Not really.
1: Okay. Let's get into... Curious to see
0: how they end- get him back to London now, or is Kate and a going to be like going forward, a major character. Is he going to get some is, I mean, what, what's, what, what's his status. And, you know, in the final analysis, Ethan left Vanessa to, to, you know, make sure that he wasn't a danger to her. What has changed in that calculus? It's going to be like, Oh, we need to go back to London and connect with her. There's got to be some kind of story engine that does that. And I'm not seeing it.
1: Uh, I think that it's just time to go home for everyone. Yeah. They have, I know they've like, all had an adventure, and uh, like I,
0: I don't feel they framed like if they framed it like you know Han Solo and Empire Strikes Back. Hey, I got a bounty you know, on my head. I got to take care Star of this Wars thing, references. and then I can come back. But well, that's 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 kind of what I do. Um, I, I I that would make sense. Like if he said, "Look, my father's never going to stop. I'm endangering this whole operation. I've got to go reckon with him." Fine. But the way they portrayed it is, I'm horrified by the things I'm capable of, and I'm a danger to you, and I need to get far away from everyone that I care about before I kill anyone else. And I don't know what how he's turned a page on that. I don't know, maybe he has a spirit quest with k and A, and they fix it, I don't know. Right,
1: maybe Kate and A tells him what he saw in the visions, and they go home to fix it.
0: But it also seems like the main objective, which is stop even before the world turns to evil, that's kind of been done, yeah? No. No?
1: No. In the vision Ethan is clearly in a, a a tool of Dracula. Okay. So I don't think we've even gotten there yet.
0: I guess that's true. We've kind of dealt with maybe the devil's play for him, but you know, the, the witches were not allied with Dracula. They're allied with the devil, so alright, that makes sense.
1: So on to Doctor Acula. We first see him providing a body on a meat hook to his vampire clan before offering it to Renfield after he's gotten all the information out of him he can about Malcolm and Ethan. Literally the
0: fat, juicy things. I I thought, you know.
1: Yeah. And he finds out that she knows his name.
0: The guy's a little thick. I don't know if i call him fat.
1: No, he's fat. (laughs) Vanessa goes to visit Mr. Lyle and finds that he's leaving for Cairo. To be amongst people who have similar interests and are a little bit more accepting of his alternative lifestyle.
0: What a di- what a different, uh, difference difference a hundred years makes because now they're like stoning stoning fools to death in the Middle East for being gay. Right? They were like the shining light of the gay world back in the turn of. I don't know how historical that is, but yeah. Uh, uh, I thought. So a lot of people on the internet and some people in the forums are suggesting that this is foreshadowing next season, which is going to deal with Egyptology and mummies, which I kind of buy because, you know, Imhotep is very much, the historical character is very much tied to the mummy of the silver screen, at least. Like, that's the whole Boris Karloff version of the mummy. That is the uh, Fraser, Brendan Fraser version of the mummy. That is Dwayne the Rock Johnson's version of the Scorpion King I mean those that, that's that's yeah. the character we're talking about. Dwayne the Rock Lyle Johnson there.
1: is going to be in the fourth season. you heard it
0: here first <laughs> uh, but I feel like that's there's no way they're going to shelve Lyle for the hell of it. He's a great character. I think he's there to serve a beach the the the, the plant a beachhead for season four.
1: okay. Uh, so, but he does provide her a contact for his similar expertise before he heads off on his jaunt uh next oh scene. the other thing
0: I wanted to because also um, we know that she has some kind of ties to an Egyptian demon like that's been established in previous seasons too, so they has it? you know that would be throwing a third hat like into the ring because there's yet an you know that's part of the mummy legend. Very similar to Dracula, that he's got some kind of immortal love that he he's can't get over and he has to come back for. So there's like a, I don't, that's not a love triangle. You're talking about a love rectangle at this point.
1: Quadrangle?
0: Quadrangle. <laughs> right. So I don't know what to make of that, but I feel like that's a lock that we're going to be heading to Egypt at least part of the season.
1: A love rhombus.
0: Love rhombus, sure.
1: So we go to the local fencing club and we get a new character, Miss Catriona Hardigan, mm-hmm. who is a badass leather-wearing fencing queen. Yep. Uh and she I I miss the word for it, but she studies death.
0: Uh the thanatologist.
1: And she and Vanessa have a meeting of the wits and minds to see who can scare each other off first, but they're both badass females, it was bound to happen, the stars have aligned. And uh, we're getting some really strong female characters in this show.
0: Yeah, what did you make of the fencing scene itself? Because I'm I'm kind of a fan of Olympic fencing. Uh-huh. Um, I'm the, the weirdo that records the three a.m. Re- uh, broadcast of it. Uh-huh. I wish fencing was this exciting. Fencing is, is like just. Nobody's Insane. getting elbowed in the face? No, it's like... they it's, it's, it's fighting just, with double swords? No, it's just... Ins- I mean, maybe that is a fencing style that's not Olympic. I don't know. It's like, you know, no holds barred street fencing, but it's essentially just insanely fast sword movements that ends in, like, seconds and someone gets a point.
1: Right. It's
0: really cool and strategic and fascinating and athletic, but it's not this kind of accessible and exciting.
1: Also, these two weren't actually using fencing swords with a, the with a rounded point, were they?
0: Hmm. Well, I Maybe don't know. because every
1: It's old timey fencing equipment.
0: Right. Because there's also different ways you can do that too. Like they're not just the points, but sometimes they had like a, what's called like a dueling strap, which was, um, like a, a leather thing that fit over the end. And then it, cause it looked like they were fighting with sabers, not foils, and it would have an edge that would cover the cutting edge. Yes. And it would have fixed to the hilt. So I didn't, you know, I didn't know you were going to ask me that question or I might've <laughs> uh, paid more attention to it. <laughs> Uh, I'm trying to think I, where I've seen this uh, Perdita Weeks, who plays Catriona.
1: Have you seen her anywhere?
0: Uh, well, she was in The Tudors, and I've seen a little bit of that, and I wonder if I who recognize her from that. did she play in The
1: Tudors? I watched all of that, and that's where I saw Natalie Dormer first. I'm a Natalie sure. Dormer hipster, by the way. She played the marvelous Anne Boleyn. I love that show. It was really good. Henry Cavill was in it? Mm-hmm. Superman? Sure. That's where he got his start as well.
0: She played Mary Boleyn
1: no yeah well that's cool i mean that show was also on showtime so that makes sense
0: right all right she's also in the so, titanic miniseries did you see that no did you i i didn't see You're all of, of shit. it Shit!
1: you didn't watch a titanic miniseries that doesn't even sound like a real thing
0: no but the reason <laughs> i did is because um the other bald move crew tom and kelly got into it okay so i tried i, I make it go but i was too busy to, to finish it up so did i just
1: say i make I, it go but too busy
0: no, I said I made a go at it. Oh. I was too busy.
1: <laughs> so they go and have drinks together. And I wrote down really quick notes, but she drops a lot of information on this. A lot of stuff that if you are a popular culture fan or a general Dracula fan, you mostly already know. Yeah. I feel like that he was of the Dracul origins. The Dracula literally means dragon. Sure. It also uh, seems
0: like they're going with the outside Romania or Transylvanian yeah. um, depiction of him as this bloodthirsty madman and not like... Because he's kind of a legit national hero if you are from the region that he was the protector of.
1: I mean, that's what Bram Stoker told me.
0: Yeah, but I'm saying that, like... That's, was it, he it, he it's Vlad not Vlad the Is that the same yes, story? Yes, yes. Vlad Tepe's. But it's not... It's not very flattering it's not a very flattering depiction. It's not going with the national hero, like complicated guy. I imagine that I wonder if Dracula himself is going to try to supply that other side. Like when uh, Vanessa drops his signs on him, he's like, Oh no, he's actually a national hero and when he reigned, people could were safe in their streets and uh-huh. you know, there's all kinds of legends about Dracula. Like you can read him, there's fascinating. There's like terrible ones, but there's also like he was so feared and such a law and order guy that he, in and, and the town square, there was a fountain that he kept a golden cup by so that anyone could pass by and drink and no one ever stole the golden cup because they knew he'd probably fucking impale your whole family if you found out and did it. So, good and bad so things So does that about make him.
1: him a good ruler?
0: I don't know. How, how, how much do you prize having gold cups uh, in your squares and brutalizing your nation's enemies?
1: I just watched a movie about... Russia in the 1950s the other day. Same thing, yeah. And and operating like the world is a perfect place under fear of death or imprisonment is not paradise. Yeah, sure. Turns out. Yeah. Uh, So No, I don't think it's a good thing.
0: That's the thing. I I guess I was trying to get at that, like, whether you believe he was was heroic or a villain depends on which propaganda you believe. The propaganda from within his country or the one that's told by the Ottomans and the Romans who were suffered under his hand. And we're only getting the one side. And I, I just thought it might be interesting if they do, like, if Dracula himself will try to be like, no, wait a damn minute. I did a lot of good things. Oh, the trains ran on time. Uh, all the creatures of the night got fed. You know, they're lonely. They're complicated people.
1: Well, as Jay Z once said, "Will you, you live long enough to see yourself become a villain?"
0: <laughs> did Jay Z say that?
1: Or is that Kanye? Uh, I no, it was definitely Jay Z. I thought it was
0: Batman or or uh, Jay Z
1: referencing Batman. Uh, yeah, j- j-
0: referencing Two Face. So Harvey so, did rather. <laughs>
1: He wanted the world to be wet with blood. He was a strategist, a seducer. He led people astray and was corrupt. Uh, all I can say is these two women together, Dr. Acula better watch the fuck out. I would think so. Uh, so. But his power comes in, isolating his prey. She needs to surround herself with friends. And turns out she ain't got none
0: Yep, half of her friends is Dracula, so <laughs> she's really the other early up half, shit creek here. The other
1: half of, is her psychiatrist, Dr. Seward. Who, who is
0: turns, quick to say, I'm not your friend. Yeah, it you turns need...
1: out that they have drinks late at night by the fire. Sure. I mean, how much does that session cost you? <laughs> I
0: think it's a freebie. after Because, you know, those Isn't wax ch- cylinders aren't cheap. There's quite a bit of markup. She's, like, throwing in a fireside chat for free.
1: Uh, But it's funny that Dr. Seward is actively pushing Vanessa into her her tormentor's arms
0: yep that's uh that's a non-conventional therapeutic technique to actively suggest people take Uh, courses of action really yeah
1: well i guess this is turn of the century medicine yeah but you know you know what every depressed woman needs what she just needs a man
0: she just needs to get pounded out she
1: just needs a man to tell her what's due and to make her feel better
0: sure Yeah, she's hysterical. She needs to get an orgasm, get all that worked out, so will be fun. Yeah,
1: needs to get pregnant, stop Mm -hmm. having periods for a while.
0: Yeah, that'll fix the hysteria.
1: Uh, She takes her advice, and Vanessa goes to the museum 10 minutes before closing time, which is exactly how long it takes to uh, fuck already, turns out. Yeah. So she says, so I love this scene. Mm -hmm. I think he didn't hear her. He didn't see her but he knew she was there before she approached him okay and said uh you know you have to know that i'm being chased by this dracula person and it's it sucks and he says oh tell me more Mm -hmm. about myself and then he shows her his new exhibit of the night creatures sure how perfect And she starts to tell him about the horror she's facing and exactly what you described earlier. He's he's justifying it. Mm -hmm. He's defending it. And she takes uh, and she's, you know, affronted by that. But he does offer himself to her as a protector. And she recounts that Ethan promised the same thing and he left her immediately <laughs> and he's very eager to say that I won't be that way and I love you, which is a huge red flag.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Like, this person is offering himself to you. You've had one date, he-
0: third date. Third date. Third date. Yeah, cuz no. he Yeah, yeah, yeah. They went to they went to the Nemo thing, then he took her to what was that one where they had coffee afterwards, right? It was the same. No, I thought no. that was a different. And so then, the
1: second date, I guess, oh, it's would the hall be of the mirrors, Hall of Mirrors right. where they had coffee afterwards.
0: And then he, yeah, the coffee was where they, well, no, she then broke okay, up with so him Okay, so second, after third,
1: fourth, still not okay to just say I love you. Sure,
0: yeah. I was going to make a fuck on a third date, maybe. Say I love you on a third date, red flag. <laughs> I hey, was trying to get to that joke, but. Oh, sorry to ruin late, it no. for you. That's all right.
1: A huge red flag. But uh, fucking on the third date, that's fine.
0: Yeah. This is the fourth date, so you're definitely covered there. Um, I thought it's funny because she says, everyone who I get involved with is a catastrophe. It's like, well, you know, Vanessa, let's look at your life, look at your choices. If the people you choose to fuck are, A, your best friend's fiance, mm-hmm. B, a half human, half wolf, uh, servant of God slash the devil, and C... A creepy doctor who says he feels affinity for creatures of the night. Or the devil
1: in your best friend's father's skin.
0: Maybe. That is it's it's not the fact that your vagina is the source of all evil. It's just your fucking bad men. Maybe. Maybe. And much to my chagrin the one of those. She's not fucking is the actual wolf guy that I want to see your bone. So
1: and (sighs) like a moth to the flame. So they do Fuck on the floor of the night creatures yep and that's
0: always awkward when all the you know your 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 dog's at the foot of the bed because this time they're just surrounded by (laughs) surrounded by little beady eyes watching them
1: (laughs) right uh so she cries because she's happy and then he breaks up with her immediately like how did she not see that coming he just dumps her right there on the spot so shame on you vanessa wait a second what I'm, I'm making oh. a joke about her trusting this person and he okay because I, i'm like i
0: saw this show twice was i and i know i was kind of taking notes by the end of the scene no. but like what the fuck i'm
1: making yeah i'm making a stupid joke okay about how he said all the right things to get into her pants sure. and then as soon as he did sure hey uh, you
0: got some place to be because the museum's closing in like 10 you know one minute one minute
1: <laughs> yeah prom's over i gotta return this tux <laughs> Uh that's all I've got on Vanessa and Dr. Acula this episode. Uh huh. Anything else? Any anything unresolved and on the table that you need to work out?
0: I don't think so. Everything was worked mm-hmm. out on the floor satisfactorily.
1: Satisfactorily.
0: Satisfactorily.
1: Uh so let's talk about the intermingling stories of Frankenstein and Lily. Let's. Which is uh quite bizarre. So Jekyll, with which is Balthazar. <laughs> <laughs> so Jekyll and Hyde create uh, chloroform. A chloroform ether Super type powerful. of thing. Super powerful.
0: It's the Bill Cosby version.
1: Yeah, it could take out an elephant.
0: <laughs> an elephant, yes. <laughs>
1: uh, so after this... Um,
0: well also I like how they're explicitly making this a date rape story now. Yes. Like it's kind of been subtext but now it's like and you knock her out and do what you want with her, old boy. Are like, you sure
1: you want to do this? I'm sure. game, but are you sure? Sure,
0: sure. If you got caught, have your dad write the judge a letter and You talk- only
1: get 6 months in jail. <laughs> yeah,
0: yeah. Jesus. And your full pretzel privileges privileges restored. Uh yeah. <gasps> pretzel I- privileges Yeah, there was something about that was one of the things that he would be deprived of his favorite foods or I don't know. It's just so fucking entitled. Makes me sick. Uh, But yeah, no, they're just making that like that's just uh, the explicit part. Hilariously backfires, but we're not quite there yet.
1: Right. So I'm going to mix these two together because that's how they work. Yep. Women start filing in for murder class. I guess they've just been going (laughs) to. To all the prostitute areas. Justine
0: has recruited the shit out of him. They're like knocking on us like, hello, is this Madame Lily's school for whore the murdering? The
1: lady. <laughs> <laughs> I needed the subtitles for that because I had no idea what hey they were
0: lady is just why we throw the, the, the throat slitting job university. What I think strange about
1: that is that that was a sign of being a, a, a beauty back then. You know, today what? you see the girls oh, the going lady, sure. to the tanning beds all sure. the time. Back then, the paler you were, the more beautiful yeah, you were. Yeah,
0: because you didn't... What, are you going to spend time outside in the fields? No. Like you're... a fucking farmer? Right. No. You're exactly. a lady.
1: So I'm not sure what makes her so pale besides the fact that she's, she's like a, she's a dirty blonde. I mean, they haven't... Ma- but, I mean, they haven't dead makeup. I know. Or made her up like they do I think that's what John they're Ford. trying to
0: suggest, that she has an unnatural pallor to her. Okay. But you're right. They don't... That's not nearly... Um, you is know, because she's her- the pinnacle of, uh, the pinnacle of Frankenstein technology, she's always looked a lot more lifelike than the others.
1: Right. Like pros, like most prostitutes in Victorian England, she doesn't look like she's been crying for the last three hours. <laughs> I just, right. yeah.
0: I'm not
1: sure why. I mean, is that a signifier of being a prostitute that you just have makeup running under your eyes?
0: I think so yeah just the type of crying to just you know no can amount. I tell
1: you a story about being me being mistaken for a prostitute once?
0: sure, I would love to hear the story
1: <laughs> i was at because
0: you're such a lady
1: right I was at a <laughs> fucking believe it or not it was a it was a Pokemon convention. It was the trading card game and video game. Oh,
0: yeah. horrors ply their trade <laughs> right? nonstop at the Pokemon. It was the
1: competition in Indianapolis. And I'm not kidding you. It's 830 in the morning. I haven't slept a wink that night because mm. I was 19. I all don't know. Right. Um, so I'm standing outside in the sunlight just kind of getting some air from all the smelly nerds. Mm-hmm, sure. and uh, I'm aware of the nerd funk. And there's a group of... Men walking by and I'm, I'm seeing a lot of people walking in because it's the the convention center. There's something else going on. Mm-hmm. So a group of like seven guys walk by and I'm at a point in my life where I was just kind of trying to talk to people like you said you did once. Oh, Sure. Yeah. I'm just talking to people and making friends or just having human yeah, experiences just, just a, or whatever. A nice,
0: open hearted, not <laughs> jaded person yet.
1: Yeah. So I said I said, you what's going on today, guys? Mm-hmm. <laughs> Which, in retrospect, maybe the verbiage wasn't great. Uh huh. But I'm wearing jeans, a baggy white t shirt, a great knit sweater with elbow patches. I've got my hair is a mess. Uh-huh. I, I look like shit. Okay. So these guys just laugh and walk by me. And I'm like, okay, I guess I'll just read the signs. Uh huh. One guy circles back. Uh huh. And he comes up to me. And he says, uh, I'd love to see you later. <laughs> Yeah, and I was like, um, I think you're mistaking me for somebody else. Again, it's eight thirty in the morning. What prostitute is working the circus? Wait, wait, wait.
0: Why do you think he thought you were a prostitute? He might have just wanted. It okay. continues. Okay,
1: he says. I'm like, I, I start freaking out. I'm like, I, you have got the wrong person. Like, where is my? Where are my friends? Someone uh-huh. come save me. Uh huh. And so he says, you know, I, I, I pay really well and. You know, I think you're so beautiful, and I I love to have some of your time tonight. And I said, you have got the wrong idea,
0: wow, buddy.
1: This is not this is wow. not that. And he said, well, if any of your if you know anybody who's interested, have them give me a call. This is where I'm staying. And he handed me a card and wrote his hotel and his hotel room number. Huh. So that's the day I got mistaken for a prostitute at eight thirty in the morning by approximately eight gentlemen.
0: Well, one time I'll have to tell you a story about how I was propositioned to be someone's John. <laughs> All right. <laughs> it's, it's destiny, us meeting together.
1: Anyway. Also, I fuck guess, this podcast so I mean,
0: stuff. You want to make some real money? Let's put these, let's put these two talents together. Right. <laughs> I'll be Are fr- we just going to pay each front other front for sex forever? Sure. I'll be your whores bully, as they used to call them.
1: <laughs> <laughs> anyway, uh, I can only imagine that at that time in my life my makeup was running under my eyes ah
0: i see Which i thought you just talking about the you know the the existential sadness of the prostitute that's often mentioned i
1: mean i probably looks like i wanted to murder some men at that point too mm-hmm.
0: so know. Oh, it just depends like if you're uh if you are a victorian street urchin whore you probably have a lot of sadness on the other hand uh we have had a couple listeners who are sex workers yeah. Uh, especially in the Mad Men podcast, I got I got uh, emails from time to time, and they don't seem sad at all.
1: And I'm not... And you know i Start not, charging a
0: couple hundred bucks an hour, I think you're pretty happy.
1: I'm not against it. I mean, if this is what you want to do and sure. make a living and you're good at it and you're yeah. content, then that's fine. Right. But you know what it really gets me is it's 8.30 in the fucking morning. It was such a bizarre thing. Anyway.
0: I actually did a little bit of image searching because I wanted to see if they've changed from Brona to Lily. Like if if she's ex- more pale when she's in this form than other, her but, hair is blonder. Well, I mean, also Brona uh, or Lily or yeah, Brona was dying of tuberculosis, so she never had really a healthy pallor at any time. So although I don't know, there's a couple of these in, a couple of these images where it does look like they're making her up to be a bit more pale uh, or complexion finer, I guess you'd say.
1: Yeah.
0: So yeah, pale lady.
1: I like when she smirks or makes a kind of like frowny face because you can see her acne scars. <laughs>
0: <laughs> you know, I, and it
1: makes her seem more human.
0: I will say that I like Justine, but now that she's opening her mouth more, I'm finding
1: she's growing on me for that very reason.
0: She's got the real you know uh, she's got I the, don't follow she's got
1: the uh uh my fair lady quality. Huh. She's got the dear Liza hmm. type of uh, cockney thing. Cockney, uh, you cockneyed.
0: Yeah,
1: she's got cocks on her knees. That's what I'm trying to say. Under the knees, it's a Victorian process. You prostitution find yourself on your
0: knees. You stab into the thigh and rip <laughs> out. You
1: fuck standing up or you fuck behind the knees. That's how you do it. Uh, cockneyed. I like her.
0: I you not. I like her character, but I, again, the more dialogue she has, the more I find that, I don't know, she's a young girl, and she's got, she's an uneducated one, but there's something kind of screeching about her, and that might just be, uh, there might be a little bit of chauvinism to that remark, too, you know? Chauvinism? Yeah, it just seems like any time, like, that's that's, uh, a common accusation that when a woman is trying to appear strong or forceful people say that she's like you know screeching or harsh voiced or whatever but nobody like a guy starts bellowing no one's like oh my god what the fuck is this no
1: no, no. I think this is quite the opposite I think that she's got she's just got that high pitched voice
0: you know what it is it's like I think she's just upstart like I'm I'm kind of with Dorian like who the fuck are you I I want to take over the world with my equal this immortal that I've kind of been looking forward as a challenge and as a as a reason to being and you are just a whore we picked up and saved. And now you think you are better than me. Like not, you don't want to just even be co-equals. You want to fuck, you want to like fuck with me. And I kind of feel like that's, uh, in, in it's, you know, his house that he's using there. He's using for their base of operations. And I just feel like, uh, right.
1: it was always a team effort. And now Justine is turning on him and i
0: i don't think, like I don't like the dream team getting interrupted. I don't feel like anything good can come right. up right
1: she's off message sure right now she's saying I hate all men right when the idea is just to hate the abusers sure and dorian definitely isn't that yeah he's a take on all comers kind of she's guy. gone
0: radical feminist she's gone radical feminist, gone right right past uh you know. healthy skepticism and and hatred of abusing men to just all men are evil.
1: How do you define radical feminist? I don't know. It seems um, awful similar to the term feminazi, which Uh, I take particular exception to. Well, I'm saying, okay,
0: I'll I'll define, like I consider you're a radical feminist if you uh, say all penis penis and vagina sex is rape, which is a (laughs) stance that some take. Uh, I think you're a radical feminist if you deny trans women a part in your movement. Uh, I consider
1: myself a radical feminist because I'm so cool, you just I'm radical, like radical. <laughs> yeah, I got like the hang ten. Yeah. Well, I mean
0: that that uh, that label's been taken. You might want to say you're wicked cool, wicked cool feminist.
1: I'm a tubular feminist. All
0: right. Well, if like I said, if you had to define it, I would say like when you start your message starts to be less about equality and more about kind of. hate hate and nonsense that's an exclusion that that's where it goes wrong
1: right but what
0: what i know i have a penis
1: frankenstein in the poorest use of judgment i've ever seen him make and i've seen him shoot up heroin he breaks into a full-blown murder party Yep. He doesn't listen at the door to see if anything's going on. He doesn't... Doesn't look
0: sc- at the windows, see how many lights are lit. Doesn't
1: scope out the place to see... Honestly, if-
0: the wet bandits from Home Alone are more competent kidnappers slash right. thieves than this guy.
1: Right. So, uh he, he gets caught, obviously. I'm sorry, I'm kind of getting ahead of myself. Dorian is not having fun anymore. No. Justine is uh kind of overstepping her bounds, according to Dorian. Lily says that she is the soul of her and uh, she loves her a lot. It's
0: all my anger and hate.
1: All those things.
0: And misandry. <laughs> <laughs> uh,
1: so Frankenstein comes in and Justine wants to kill him. Yeah. Uh, did you notice Justine's hands during the scene when she's holding the knife well, at his before,
0: throat? But before we get to that, I want to say that I thought that we were headed to where Dorian was just going to be kind of like... Um, I don't know the jealous male or whatever, but I feel like that all all his points and and this might be just a little bit of regurgitating the stuff I just said, but I thought he had important points, like you know that he is legitimately feeling a little betrayed and a little left out and a little third wheel, oh definitely, like like in the way he like he wasn't a dick when he confronted her about it, it was very mature, and like yeah. this is my feelings, and this is what the behavior that's causing these feelings, and hey, I'm trying to reconcile with you, and, you know, and I guess they were kind of in the middle of that when Frankenstein pops up. Anyway, tell me about uh, Justine's hands.
1: No, uh, no, more to your point, I agree. You can see at first when she, when they're practicing where to hold the knife when you're cutting a man, and Justine holds it to his throat, and then she starts to stab him.
0: She also really over-enunciates the Hunt <laughs> she's really really, really nub well, you have
1: to distract from the knife hunt. that's being held at your throat, yeah,
0: okay. she's really landing that word,
1: so you can actually I mean Dorian's doing a great job here. you can see the fear actually showing in his eyes, but at he's this not line.
0: letting he's like really like kind of still trying to uh, maintain this air of detached amusement right. Yeah, you know, I and yeah. That's all. That's all in that performance is surprisingly good from a guy who I've always felt was maybe a, a weak link on the cast.
1: Right. And now he can't. He can't break into the dance. And uh, Lily's clearly torn. She's more infatuated with Justine right now because she's the newer toy, I think. Mm-hmm. Uh. Anyway, so back to Frankenstein breaking in. They catch him. Uh. She wants to. Ki- Justine wants to kill him, and Dorian will not allow it. And Lily's better sense gets to her, and she says, I'm not going to kill you next. this time, but the next time I definitely will. Yeah, I right. mean that. I know this is the third time that I've said, I'm going to kill you next time I see you, but I seriously, I mean it this time.
0: But then she kisses him on the top of the head, right? Yeah. Which is exactly the kind of shit you pull with a nice guy that has him like, oh, that's I'm getting mixed messages. She <laughs> says she's going to kill me, but then she kissed me. What does it mean? I just need to redouble my efforts. Like, God fucking Christ.
1: Yeah. So, Dorian lets him out and says, you owe me. I'm going to hold this favor. Do you think that Dorian is going to cash in this favor with Frankenstein later when Justine and Lily really get out of
0: control? It does seem like he's decided to... Like, he's entertaining the... like he, The way they framed him when he was talking about I can save you from your anger and your rage, which I thought, you know, what Lily is saying with about all this was all right on. Like, you know, I worked hard to become the person I am. I want my scars, and you're, you know, I want to make you as you were, and she's like, uh, that's not a kindness. I thought all that stuff was really good. But, yeah, the way Dorian, like, you can see that Dorian's like, hey, maybe this is a a, a kind of a, a way to cheat to get to where uh-huh. I want, which is entirely within his character, right? But- it's kind of a swerve from the fairly nuanced reasonable position they're having him take.
1: Right. Uh okay, so I skipped over this, went back and then skipped over it again. Justine's hand at Frankenstein's throat. It was sh- it was shaking, it was just vibrating so quickly. That you could barely tell. Really? Unless you focused in on it, her hand was just vibrating so
0: quickly. Do you think it's because she's holding the, There, she was, the actress was trying to express anger? Do you think she was nervous? Do you think?
1: I think all of, the, well, I think the actress was expressing anger meth? and barely controlled uh, self-control, for lack of a better term. Okay. Uh, I I thought it was really incredible. I mean, maybe the actress just couldn't hold her hand still, but it worked well for the scene okay i've got I've got some feedback. Are you awesome in that? I like feedback okay uh the first one is from Kelly G, our loyal emailer. She says whenever and just so you know I edited everyone had some great points and great things to say this 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 episode. I edited a lot of these things down because. Although everything had great, everyone had great things to say. I can't read it all because it just—it's just—it's just, it's just too much. You guys are too good. So Kelly G says, "Whenever we can talk about Penny Dreadful, uh, this episode was kind of nuts. I felt like the entire Ethan plot line was wrapped up pretty neatly, and I'm left scratching my head as to what this crazy ride was for. Hecate died pretty easily after all the posturing and pronouncements." Ethan is seemingly not evil as he didn't kill his father. There is a loose end in k and a but at least Ethan is down to two fathers. <laughs> <laughs> just two. I did enjoy watching what I am calling the Last Supper since it was the final meal for many characters. That's... I a- wish I had the hat. guts to reverse the Lord's Prayer the next time one of my relatives relatives tells me, you are in the prayer seat. I can Holy just see shit. the reactions now. It was an awesome dinner seat.
0: It's been. See, I think it's funny because
1: if someone tells me I'm in the prayer seat, I'm gonna tell them to fuck off.
0: Yeah. Well, it's weird because I used to I can't like even uh, be clever about it. I don't know. I've said my, my fair share of prayers, I but know. It's, it's been it's been a good long while since someone's asked me to. But yeah, it'd be it'd be funny to be able to just rip that off. Although I don't know, like it's funny know. to joke about, but I I There's don't like a- the.
1: There's a fun joke I don't where... like to
0: deliberately insult people's beliefs. Passively, <laughs> sure, by, you know, uh, blasphemy and uh, s- uh, f- stuff like that, yeah, vulgarity. They, but... Yeah.
1: There's a fun joke my family plays where they say, well, should we say grace? And then one person says grace, and everyone starts eating.
0: I was like the uh, rub-a-dub-dub, thanks for the grub, yay God.
1: Uh, wasn't that like Kirstie Alley, Tim Allen movie? It might be. It was.
0: I just know that was that was my smart-ass cousin's uh, go-to. Uh-huh.
1: So Kelly continues, Poor Dorian Gray is in way over his head. It finally dawned on him that these women do not distinguish between him and all the other Johns who did them wrong. And honestly, he isn't very different, is he? As Justine said, he did pay women to degrade themselves, and he did accuse Victor's attempted kidnapping. Oh, I'm sorry. Excuse Victor's attempted kidnapping by excusing it as love. Ick. You can see the light bulb going off as Dorian escorts Victor away. I think Dorian is beginning to want a more docile Lily. Well, at least you aren't bored anymore. Hey, Dorian. Uh, yeah, I'm thinking that next episode, Dorian is going to enlist Frankenstein to kidnap Lily. And he's going to help set it up to happen.
0: Yeah, totally. I mean, that's exactly what's going to happen.
1: Okay, this, this next part is very interesting. We got a lot of feedback about this in the forums as well. Kelly was first. The minute I heard the new character's name Hartigan, it rang a bell. In the 2002 film, The Time Machine, uh, well, the book more based on, or based on the book by H.G. Wells, the time traveler is Alexander Hartigan. Catriona Hartigan seems a bit anachronistic, right? It would be kind of cool to have a time traveler as part of the Vanessa squad. I love the instant chemistry those two had, and Catriona can kick some ass, it seems. Also,
0: you're really burying the lead by going with the Thanatont. Right. (laughs) H.G. Wells I'm sorry, Thanologist, or whatever they called it. Yeah. Thanatologist, finally. Third third time's the charm. Third time's the charm. Jesus
1: Christ, stop talking. (laughs) H.G. Wells also wrote uh, 20,000 Leagues Under the Sea. Is that right?
0: Uh, That was Jules Verne.
1: Well, shit. Someone in the forums made a reference to it. All those things signed together, and I missed it. Because I trusted Kelly. God damn it.
0: That's all right. It have, I, It's, you know, won't be the first or last Kelly. time. But... You didn't
1: actually say those things. I did. <laughs> uh, and she finishes by saying, not sure what is happening with Vanessa, but she did have sex with the devil before in the guise of Sir Malcolm. So I don't think it's game over, but it isn't good. It isn't good. No. On to our forum feedback, which is where I get most of these things from. Glazebrook girl says, I was sad to see Lyle go. I love that man. I wanted to see. Um, Aaron does a really good impersonation of Dr. Lyle. Do you want to try it out? No, I,
0: I was trying to do it when we were having dinner today, and I just, I, I, I don't got it. I don't got it. Don't,
1: don't, don't got it. Not even going to try?
0: You're far too glittery. No, see, I can't do no. it. You're far too glittery. Glittery. All
1: right, next week I'll have a far down pat. Far too glittery
0: for an old man like me. Next no, I can't season see. I, 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 throw, I throw a little bit of like Transylvanian French in there. And it goes all pear shaved.
1: Yeah, uh, heaven
0: for a fin. Yeah, see, now I just went, I just went Irish.
1: Hey, heaven,
0: heaven for a fin.
1: Not to Sean Connery.
0: Uh, personally, I give our expedition one chance in three <laughs> of finding a young male Egyptian to meet my needs. Yeah, I yeah I mean, right. that's not great. But if
1: I told you to do Transylvanian French, you couldn't do that well.
0: Uh, if you told me, no, no. I have to sh- try <laughs> to do the Mr. Lyle accent, and I back into uh... Transylvanian French.
1: Okay, so she can do- You should sh- hear my
0: Donald Duck. It's hilarious. What's
1: your Donald Duck?
0: You know what my fucking Donald Duck is.
1: Well, you baited me, so now I'm taking the bait. <laughs> I think it
0: w- I'd, I'd wait until we get our compressor, okay. or our S- gate limiter, because I'm pretty sure I'll blow people's speakers if I try it. Uh,
1: no, I don't want to wait.
0: Nope, can't it's not gonna happen.
1: Okay. I
0: <laughs> <laughs>
1: <laughs> Pretty good. Uh say this is the room of the night creatures in Donald Duck. <laughs>
0: <laughs> what we want to Please, say?
1: This is the room of the night creatures. <laughs> It's terrible. No, it's so good. It's terrible. No, it's so good. No, it's terrible. No, it's great. Get out of here. It's my favorite. Get the fuck out. Oh, shit. God, my (laughs) phone just died of fear of laughter. Okay. I wanted. Oh, Glazebrook Girl continues. I wanted to see him reunite with Ethan this season. That is Lyle. Since we're so far off topic, they were just the best. Let's cross our fingers for Lyle next season in Dusty Egypt. Mm. Dusty. I'm yeah. disappointed in Sandy. you. Sandy. <laughs> but for that we need a renewal notice for Penny Dreadful which I don't think has been given yet. Come on, showtime.
0: Yeah, but John, he's on the ball. He's yeah. like, uh, you know, I'm 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 going to assume since this is a kind of a critical darling and yeah. and uh uh, you know, it's not like Showtime's got a bazillion hits that uh, he's going to assume he's going to get renewed yeah. and uh, he's going to try out dusty old Egypt. Although, to be fair, I guess Dusty would accurately describe the interior of a tomb because it's not like people dust. I mean, you think all the servants <laughs> that the pharaoh was buried with, they could at least keep the place presentable.
1: I mean, why it's would so you be buried hard with to him find if you can't do so it? You nowadays. have one job. <laughs> <laughs> Literally,
0: I I ritually strangled you and threw you in this tomb for one thing. One thing. I come back, and my tomb's dusty as fuck. My dates are turned to ash. My honey's crystallized. What the hell?
1: So, next feedback is from Renny. And they say, I feel like Lily's empowering movement is starting to go overboard. And Dorian likely feels the same way, which is why we wanted... or I'm sorry. Why he wanted to save Victor and... And we'll call upon him when needed. We kind of covered that. I love Catriona. She's such an instantly likable character. I can't wait to see more of her. However, when she told Vanessa to avoid isolation, I expected she would go and seek out Victor. Or maybe even Dorian. Uh, last season, when she went off to the Cutwife's house with Ethan, she gave her only location to Victor. She trusted him more than Malcolm or Lyle. And now it seems like she's forgotten him entirely. This doesn't sit right with me. I like Dr. Seward, but she's not Vanessa's only friend by any means. What do you think about the fact that Vanessa has forsaken Victor?
0: That's a good point. I'll follow it up with, why hasn't Vanessa tried to reach out to Jean-Claire? Or even mention him as fact that he's the orderly? Like, I kind of thought that... I mean,
1: I think the last thing she knows, he was on a boat to Alaska or something. Does she know that he did that? She knows that he's gone. Hmm. Or she's probably still volunteering at the soup kitchen, and he's not occupying that bunk anymore. I don't know. I
0: guess I'd like some on-screen confirmation that she's made the connection, because it seems like she would have.
1: Do you really want to waste time on that, or can we just assume that they're all smart people? Well, she people? was sitting
0: there talking to the therapist, and I don't know. Like I
1: I mean, I think... Because here's
0: the thing. like I'm never sure until I get that confirmation is I'm never sure if they're trying to pull a I-didn't-recognize-you-with-your-pasty-white-face-and-your-scars kind of thing. You know? right like television sometimes puts glasses on people and they're a different character and oh this guy's wearing a beard he's a different character like it's it's within the cinematic wheelhouse to pull some shit like that so i just like to find i'd like to i'd like to know for sure what's going on
1: and finally dr sweet I know I've said this before, but I can't get enough of him. I thought his bat analogy was very fitting, and he was neither praising nor victimizing himself. The chemistry between him and Vanessa is amazing. At this point, if he takes her as his bride, they bring on the apocalypse and then fuck on a pile of corpses. I'd watch the hell out of that.
0: Sure, like yeah, at, at what point do we stop rooting for them to be on God's side and just be like, bring on the night creatures. Bring on the night creatures and the wolf sex.
1: I I was ready since season one.
0: Okay. <laughs> um
1: uh, next feedbacker, Aspie with a library card. So I got the chance to rewatch this episode. The first thing I noticed was Katriana's name, which could easily be shortened to cat. Vanessa has her wolf and now she has her cat. I also really love, I mean, to be fair, let me stop for a second. Cats will do nothing but forsake you immediately (laughs) when they get the chance. Sure. They are the devil's spawn themselves. Sometimes
0: they don't even have a a legit chance. They just fucking do it.
1: Right, right, right. Cats are the worst. Uh, Vanessa has her wolf and now she has her cat. I also really loved Catriona's outfit. It was very modern looking in comparison to Vanessa's dress. We can have a woman who prefers her Victorian dresses and one who wears pants despite the stigma at this time. Another woman who smiles ruefully at the memory of killing her husband with a cleaver and one who tears up at the thought of the men she's lost in her life. I don't know that Lily was tearing up about the men who she's lost. I think it was more about the men who have abused her in her life. Mm-hmm. Um Anyway, they continue. I've loved everything with Sir Malcolm this episode. Very well done. He definitely thinks of Ethan as his son and desperately wants to save him like he couldn't with his biological son. Him shooting Ethan's father reminded me of when the two met for the first time and Jared Talbot said, it's like looking in the mirror. There was definitely a catharsis for Malcolm in shooting Jared. He was killing that part of himself as well. But ultimately, he was doing it for Ethan because it needed to be done and Ethan could not do it. I still cannot quite get my head around Ethan's relationship with Hecate. Ethan has always been a rather fatalistic character, which is only thinly veiled by his charming demeanor. And when he turned himself in last season, he he was expecting to be hung, not extradited. So I can understand why he would fall to the dark side. But I just don't get why he needed Hecate along for the ride. I guess simply to make the desert scenes more interesting. But that relationship certainly didn't have much depth or layers to it as all the others. And I'm frankly glad Hecate is gone. And Hecate wearing what must have been Ethan's mother's white dress was a bit too Oedipal for me. Hmm. Um, I'm not disagreeing, but I'm not sure where you're getting the idea that that's Ethan's mother's dress. I guess, Well, I guess there's no other woman who occupied the house.
0: It would be a sister's dress, if anything. I I get the uh, idea. His sister that...
1: was a child. Was a child,
0: hmm, was I a guess child that's true. when she was killed. I guess I always got the idea that she'd be more matronly than that, but I don't know because yeah, this isn't like ancient history. This is. What do you mean, matronly? I don't know. I, I see. It's
1: just a flowery white dress.
0: No, what I'm saying is that the Hecate is very petite, and I imagine – I mean, this is just me judging, but I guess I see – Jared Talbot's
1: got to be married to a big, fat lady?
0: No, I'm not saying big, fat lady, but a woman who's passed three children through her hips, you know? Like, I feel like that's – you're never going to get the Hecate body back after that. She's extremely fucking petite. There are women like
1: that for okay. some reason
0: that's that's a fair point, but that's a fair point. i mean
1: there's no other way they could have come up with a white dress in that' such short notice.
0: I also feel like if that was a canon that Jared would have said something about it
1: I mean he did. He did say you, you look, look exceptionally beautiful. But he'd be like... Exceptionally radiant. But what like I'm saying,
0: that. he would he would make a comment about that being Ethan's mother's dress or something. I feel like they would Okay,
1: so, I mean, the dress isn't important, but where it came from is an interesting thing to talk about. Yeah, yeah,
0: I'm just giving my opinion.
1: I mean, it's not like it's a it's a quick ride into town real quick just to grab a dress.
0: Well, you know, if you want to entertain women, uh, Which sure. Which I
1: don't think they're doing much. <laughs> She or he, they continue in season two, episode three. Joan Clayton asks Vanessa to, descri- to describe what evil could be. And Vanessa says something along the lines of a dark lover approaching terrifying yet irresistible, a part of you, but not. Sure sounds a lot like Dr. Acula.
0: All right. That's all the feedback we got. Uh, sorry we're out late this week. I had uh, some family business to attend to. Uh, We'll be back next week with the next episode and we'll see you then.